Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich, joined by my friend Michael Mawson. And uh, Michael Mawson, a, the sports editor for the Bennington Banner in beautiful Bennington, Vermont. Beautiful, beautiful. He is a Heisman voter, and he is, uh, he's only 26, but he's not single, ladies. Sorry. Um, and I am Tori Rich. I, uh, I, I joined Ms. Mr. Mawson at the Banner a couple of years ago, and here we are um, trying to work up to a, a, a financially viable side hustle. Uh, okay, so uh, just a little bit about you know what to expect from our show, though. Um, yeah, I'm kind of an old 37 years old, and Mike is a uh, a mature, you know, uh, a mature 26, but he definitely brings a younger perspective to things and um, just lets me know when I'm being an asshole. And so you can kind of expect to, you know, hear some clashing viewpoints. Yeah, I'll never tell him to get off, you know, the angry white man get, you know, off his lawn or anything like that. I won't, he's not going to be yelling at me to get off his lawn, I guess, but. Um, are you, are, are you trying to defend me? Are you saying I'm like a reasonable, I'm somewhat reasonable? Uh, they'll, they'll understand. <laughs> so let's just, let's just get into you guys, you guys will, you guys will get a taste. Um, but you know, to that point, um, so with the NFL season coming up, plenty of storylines. And so the first one is Matthew Stafford, um, confided some things in his wife, you know, like, like I'm sure, you know, you, you must tell, well, you know, she has a podcast too. So that's where he went wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I guess, yeah. Um, so don't tell us anything in confidence, <laughs> I guess, cause we will, we will blab it like she did. But, um, no, I, I thought this was, I thought this was terrible. You know, I felt, I feel for Matthew Stafford. He, he feels like he can't connect with the younger, younger teammates. Um, cause I mean, Stafford's really 36, 37 years 35. old. So like, okay. 35. So like, that's crazy to me. He's a couple. That's crazy to me too. Cause like, I think Tom Brady, right? Like, okay. Like maybe he's not connecting. Or, or wasn't connecting with his teammates, but you never heard that, you know what I mean? And he was mid four. I mean, you're not hearing that with Aaron Rodgers. I guess there was whispers of it last year, but you're not hearing it with Aaron Rodgers now that he's in New York. You know, I think when it comes to, like, coaching or being an older player in the NFL, though, like, I think part of it is – part of success is is adapting, right? And so, like, maybe Matthew Stafford's, like, one of those guys like me that, like, can't – that has a hard time adapting to the, to the newer times, like, you know – I mean, how many times have I yelled at you for like, like, how have you not seen that movie, Mawson? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. things like that. As you guys will find out, I'm not a movie guy, and Tori uh, does not like that about me. Um, he hasn't seen Varsity Blues, people. Like, that's yeah, yeah. It, but you know what? <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think context matters too. I mean, he he was hurt for most of last year. They have what, like, 13 rookies this year. So it is sort of a unique situation. Like, he's, I'm sure he wasn't around the locker room every day last year add in all that influx of, of young talent as well but yeah not a great look to uh have this go public like how would you feel if you were one of those rookies like that that's a weird like you read that in the headlines and and again it's like i mean wh- wh- why would he tell his wife to actually say that on the podcast right like i'm well, sure I, that that you I'm, know i'm sure he did it no yeah. to, no so to my point is like yeah like uh, I feel, I feel, yeah, the work rookies have to feel awkward about it, but like, you know, I feel bad for Matthew Stafford here because if you're in a situation where you can't connect, where you, where you want that team camaraderie, I mean, cause of the, one of the things that he said is like, yeah, they're always down like in their phones. Right. And, and he wants to like, he wants some of that team building stuff and he probably missed it last year. Like you're saying, right. I, I don't know. I kind of feel, and this is an extreme example, right? Like he was out last year. 
they're a very young team that is recovering from going all in on a Super Bowl a couple of years ago on a Super Bowl run. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I get what he's saying. You know, like, I, I don't know what it's like in an NFL locker room. You know, I, I know what it's like in a D3 college <laughs> locker room. What's it it's like a, in a D3 college locker room? Uh, well, you know, I don't even know if I can really speak to that because I was an old man. Even uh, I think this is why you I You were the Matthew Stafford? Of, like, I was the yeah. Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah, or at least I was more like a Stetson Bennett because I, uh, <laughs> I was 24 years old. And I was, they called me Uncle Rich. Because I was 24, because I, you know, just gotten out of the Marines and I wanted to play football again and didn't realize how old I was going to seem. And yeah, I, uh, I I went to a wedding this weekend real quick and uh, just, you know, you know, humbly bragged I'm a Heisman voter. And uh, the guy sitting next to me was actually he go he's a he's getting his Ph.D. from UGA. And he's like, did you vote for Stenson Bennett? I was like, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, was that an ageism thing? Is that why you didn't vote for Stetson Bennett? Oh, he's, I mean, he's a year younger than me. I mean, we, we probably don't watch the same movies, you know what I mean? Like, But uh, no, it's just the fact. You know, there, there's many reasons I didn't vote for Stetson Bennett. We can get into it at a later date. Um, or maybe later in the show, because uh, your boy, so so everyone knows, he, he voted for Kyle Duggan in TCU. Max who, Duggan, just, Max Duggan. Oh, not a big, uh, one thing you'll learn about Tory Rich, not a big college football guy. That I'm working on it because I because I hate the NFL. Um, I love football, but come, I hate the come NFL. Come over to this side; so, it's so much more passionate. But um, and I'm and also my brain is scrambled, so that's why I'm mixing up names. Um, <laughs> okay, so so Max Duggan, but Max Duggan was among the cuts. He he was cut from the Chargers. Uh, was it was it today or was today, it today? Yeah, 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 this one afternoon. Of the, one of the last casualties type of deal. Um, He'll be on the practice squad. No big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to Stafford. Uh, so, so for those that didn't hear about it, to go into it a little bit more, uh, uh, Kelly Stafford on her podcast said that the a Rams equipment guy literally made a book of faces, <laughs> so Stafford could could see them, recognize their names, which I relate to on a totally different level. You could you could introduce yourself to me right now, and I and. Three seconds, I won't know your name, and I'll be too afraid to ask because I'm an asshole. Seriously, my my wife had a boss that she, he he had like 500 employees, and my wife was one of them, obviously, and he knew stuff about me. And so, like the first That's time crazy. I met him at a party, he already knew, like, oh yeah, he's a marine. Yeah, oh, you guys are from Vermont. This like knew my name. I'm like, how do you, how do people do that? Like that, that that's an amazing skill to me. So the whole book of faces thing, I can also relate. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But um, but yeah, I mean, so these rookies, what they really need to do is follow the what Cooper Cup did uh, when Stafford came over from Detroit originally. Uh, that's the year, you know, they they went on the Super Bowl run and Cooper Cup went off. Cooper Cup went off, and uh, stories every week about how they get breakfast together and they're inseparable. They're at the hip. They're driving to the facility together. If you're like that wide receiver, uh, you know, that BYU wide receiver that was taken by the Rams this year, if you're a running back, like even if you're on the defensive side and, you, and you're hearing these headlines, reading these headlines, like the book's kind of out on what to do. Like if you connect with Stafford, like I'm not saying Cooper Cup isn't talented, but their relationship made him so much better, right? Like they knew where to, they were, where the route was going to break and stuff like that. And like that made Cooper Cup more money more, you know, valuable for the team and all that. Like, I'm not saying that this guy from BYU is going to be that, but if he follows that, at least Stafford will be like, oh, like, 
this guy actually wants to hang out with me, not call me sir, and you know, think I'm his senior, and and you know, That's like we're that. like we're teammates. Like, sh- show that you want to be teammates with Matthew Stafford, and maybe he'll throw you the ball a little bit, and that'll be good for your NFL career. Yeah, it's fair. I don't know. It's it's tough. You you got to feel it out because I I bet there's quarterbacks out there that want to be called sir. You know what I mean? So like I. It's just it's got to be tough Aaron to be Rogers. a rookie. Aaron Rogers, I could see Aaron Rogers, as a sir. Guy. Well, well not, in not Green New, Bay, yeah, not, not not New York. Not, Aaron Rodgers, not New York City. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, cool Aaron. Right, <laughs> he's cool Aaron. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he he seems he seems fucking happy there. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm actually kind of expecting things big things from the Jets, but team I am not expecting big things from this year, and that nobody is, including uh, themselves, including themselves. Apparently, are the Cardinals. Um, so they, uh, so Kyler Murray, who, uh, you know, I think is, he might not be one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league anyway, but he is, um, let's say he's not top 20 anyway. Yeah, I was going to say that's a little bit of a stretch. It might be tough. Yeah. But he is not a good quarterback and he is not a good face of your franchise, but he is getting face of your franchise money. Um, but he's going to be on the pup list for the first four games and they traded away Colt McCoy, a Solid backup. Yeah, they released him. Yeah, yeah. They the um, oh they did, oh didn't even trade him. They nah, released nah, him. They like, released. They were just like get off the team. Yeah. So they released <laughs> Colt McCoy. Under, you know, I mean, he's old. Um, but anyway, so they are gonna roll with uh, Joshua Dobbs. Who they just <laughs> he, got into the building. Yeah, it, who who just got into the building does not know. Uh, that, well, I guess he was a little bit attractive because the offensive coordinator came from. From, um, from Pittsburgh from originally, Cleveland, from Cle- oh. or, or maybe Pittsburgh and Cleveland, but I think most recently Cleveland. Um, but yeah, he of eight games and a fifty-eight point eight percent completion percentage. Um, I don't, I don't even know how many actual passes. Four hundred and fifty-six career yards. Anyway, um, at twenty-eight years old, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Presume at least day one. Me and him presu- almost have the same amount of yards, and we're almost the same age. Yeah, you got. Uh, yeah, you you have. 23.7 less fantasy points uh, by ESPN standard scoring anyway. Arguably, um, at least. I'm, uh, I'm pretty good at fantasy, but <laughs> I guess I just don't produce the points myself. So, anyway, my I have a problem with this, Mike. Um, tanking doesn't work, especially in the NFL. I, I would make an argument, other than in baseball, it never works. Um, I mean... The, the, the Philadelphia 76ers would no maybe, no no that see that's the one I thought of maybe and they disagree I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think it out in my in my small little brain right here right now <laughs> they'd maybe disagree with you I, I don't know like was the process worth it the process I don't think the process was worth it the process As is a, such a good name I'm a, I, yeah we, I am we a, need the Cardinals to just come out and be like we're trying to fucking suck this year it's it's so much better it's it's like m- almost must watch television when you're like we're trying to lose. <laughs> I'm, and I think they've pretty much come out and said that without saying it. But um, the you know the integrity of the game aside, you know there, there's a problem there, and all of the horrible uh, joke names, joke headlines that come along with it, like "suck for luck." Uh, what was it? Oh, recalibrate for recalibrate for Caleb. That was one of the best ones I heard. I think. This, oh, that's that's a new one. I, I think that's on? the one. I, yeah, I, I, for, I, I, I would just go calibrate for Caleb. I think that's what I, I like. Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua was probably the best one, and now it's just gotten out of hand. You know what I mean? Suck for Luck was pretty funny, too. Yeah. But um, that being said, it's gotten old. It's kind of like adding gate to every scandal, you know? Yeah, I hear you. But you, you mentioned Andrew Luck, and I, this is where I disagree with you on 
uh, no rings know, on, on tanking. No rings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you retired. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I I liked luck, but no rings. No, but so so from that point on, like 2012 on, the last 11 number one draft picks, right? Like the the team that is the worst in the league, right? That team has gone on to make the playoffs either that pick's rookie year or their second year. Uh, seven out of 11 times. Like, the, the impact is there. And it's obviously, I know football's, you know, there's 53, there's 46 guys suited up every every game day. It's not just one person. But, like, that's a, that's a good clip. Over 60% of, like, you know, you're going to be in the playoffs pretty soon if – if you get the number one pick, obviously there's spending involved and there's, there's caps and, and stuff like that. It's not one person, but I mean, if you're, if you're telling a franchise that, okay, you're what, two and 14, or now you're three and three and 14 and in two years, maybe you can be nine and nine and eight and in a wild card. I think the fans would definitely buy that. It, it, it's, it all depends on what you're, what your measuring stick is for success. Like you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. Like none of these guys did, but you, you get names like Andrew Luck and you know, guys like that. And, but like, how many, okay. So Mike, how many of these teams even sniffed a Super Bowl? Because Ky- Kyler Murray got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. His only, yeah. His no, only, cool. his Kyler, only, Kyler Murray is one of the guys that didn't make it in the first two years. His team made it in the third year. So he's, he's one of the four that didn't even make it. Okay, so but we're saying uh, as far as teams so, so, that, that so players that were acquired as a re, as a result of uh, as a result of tanking because let's cause let's remember the Dolphins got to a number five overall or no number number five or number six yeah Herbert went six after yeah, yeah. so no so what I'm saying is yeah a Super Bowl or sniffing a Super Bowl other than Joe Burrow the Bengals are uh, are exceptions to a lot of my rules because also drafting a receiver right, high I don't believe in. But fair enough. Let's um, let's go into it though. So Andrew Luck, Colts were like in contention every year with him almost like like. Two, but three, still, never really two, snipped three, a Super Bowl. Did they I, even make it to a conference? Did he 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 made one conference championship right, game? Am I right, right? You're right. Okay, so let's go let's go down the list. Chiefs, Eric Fisher. Okay, like okay, they they made the playoffs, but Chiefs are. Obviously, not the same team from 2013 as they are now. Also, like I don't, I don't conspicuously remember them tanking to get there because that's what I'm talking about. Okay, not every number one pick was as a result of a tank. Okay, that's fair, but the teams suck, right? And this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the, but what my point being is it's a it's a culture thing. So I'm not just talking about every single number one pick. Now, yeah, I also don't like being in that position. I'd I'd almost want to trade out of it every single time. Um, you know, Andrew Luck would have been was probably one of those exceptions. Okay, so Joe Tre- Burrow is one of those exceptions. But Tre- the, uh, Trevor Lawrence, twenty twenty one, the Jaguars were not trying to win that year. I mean, they, they just didn't have a lot of talent. Either. Again, yeah, this is like, well, they don't have to try to, to win fair, when they don't have talent. Uh, they right, don't right, right, right. Talent. I got you. But so my point being is this: this isn't a uh, this is a subjective thing, right? It's hard to it's hard to gauge which teams were tanking and which weren't. The Cardinals are being more overt about it than maybe any team we've seen before. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent about their tanking. Okay, so we keep, we don't we don't have like a hard amount of data, but let's look at the teams that have tanked and let's look at the teams that didn't. Right, like the Dolphins. The Dolphins got their guy Tua, who I you know I am a pro Tua guy. You know, with some caveats, but if he stays healthy, I'm a pro Tua guy. And the Dolphins that year under Brian Flores, you know what they did to Brian Flores, notwithstanding. They built a culture, and 
they should have been they were by far the least talented roster in the league that year everyone expected them to just to just tank for Tua and right. and they didn't do it and then and they ended up still getting their guy at number 5 and i'm telling you i, I don't again look at the record of quarterbacks too like like let's if you're tanking you it's usually for a quarterback right it is if you if you get that guy at number 1 so you know CJ Stroud right Bryce Bryce Young Br- yeah. sorry Br- yeah Bryce Young Stroud went two 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 two, to, two. Yeah. so um yeah and I, I just usually when you get that guy at number one it doesn't pan out and is it because there's not enough talent around him is it because there's too much pressure on the guy already because just being as the number one pick there's less pressure even later on in the first round Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Allen was seventh overall. Mahomes, I think, was twelfth overall. Yeah, but um, so you got all these guys that were second and third round picks that are solid quarterbacks. Like, I don't think the value's there. So it's le- is it less pressure? That's definitely a part of it, I think. But it's also the team you're going to, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a talent to, thing too. Yeah, yeah, it's more difficult to build a team that's you know in a culture of losing, like you're saying. It's a, that's, the, that's my other point. Is you are you going to a team that just spent an entire year? Where every player, maybe not every player on the team, because a lot of like a lot of guys in the Cardinals right now are on one year contracts, and they're just basically so, they're putting they're putting something on film for so, for a job next year. But. I hear you. I don't think you're a Baker guy, but that that defends Baker Mayfield in my eyes because the Browns were the laughing stock of the NFL for years and years and years. Like legitimately, like you go on Twitter, it's just like like why would you go to this place and it's, well, it's well, Cleveland Browns Stadium. You I know hear you. I mean? And like he led them to. He's not going to win a Super Bowl, obviously. Like that, you know, he is what he is. But like, no, it is a little bit of a defense of Baker. But here's the, it's not a black and white. Baker's in that gray area, right? Where yeah, Mayfield. He did he help turn around the Browns? Absolutely. Which is a I crazy th- thing. Like, which right? Like right, people right. like today are like, oh, the Browns. Like they've been in contention or whatever. They might make the playoffs. They might not. Like five, six years ago, the Browns were like one of the most poor run franchises in all of sports the, and and still may be honestly but but the browns to not be a laughing stock anymore yeah is an accomplishment and baker is part of that that's true um but i'm 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 still gonna say that you know accepting losing in the building unless you're gonna completely clean house the next year and and you're just doing it for that first overall pick but you're still starting from scratch and you never just completely clean house um, you, you, there might be a, a lot you might, but you you still have to keep some of the same players on the roster. It, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I understand it's kind of a nebulous phrase. You know, it's a little bit of a buzzword, which I hate to use, but yeah, a culture of losing, building a culture of losing begets more losing. And I, and, and I just think again, you know, to, to cross, to go into other sports, you know, I think that that's what you're seeing in Philadelphia with the 76ers. You know what I mean? Baseball, we've seen more than once. It works out in baseball. I mean, the Astros are a great example, right? Um, I don't believe in tanking. I just, uh, like, I, I'm just. So to go full circle on it, on you for a minute here, like, I have a problem who they're tanking for more than anything. It's It, it's, mm. it seems like a clone of Kyler Murray, which hasn't worked out so far. Like, I don't know Caleb Williams' personality really but which is really the biggest problem with Kyle I mean size too but size they look like the same football player like Mm. from from watching Kyler in college to to Caleb at USC they look very similar basically most athletic guy on the field and didn't actually didn't have to learn the game and it's like like, it's it's backyard football it's the it's the running around like 25 yards behind the line of scrimmage looping around 
far right towards the sideline, waiting for the DBs to break like eight seconds. You which, know what I mean? Which is kind of a Johnny Manziel comparison too, right? Like backyard football, like not actually understanding the game, like. Be, yeah. be, being being the most athletic, and by the way, Lamar Jackson is one of those guys, but he learned the game. Is it so? Yeah, I mean, like, is it a Lincoln Riley thing? You know, like. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's maybe that's his. That's his re- recruiting mo. Is yeah. he just looks for those guys and and uh, yeah, because I mean, like, because you can still do that in college. You can you can, you can just still run around and make plays, and uh, you know, like many a guy has already learned, you you can't you can't bring that to the NFL you can you can show flashes of it but you have to be a legit NFL quarterback and you have to watch film instead of playing fucking Call of Duty yeah, or whatever it is he Kyler does Murray's. love Call of Duty dude he does love Call of Duty that's pathetic was he, he's like a shade under 250 million dollars right is it's was like, what his contract I think it's was right, right around 225 yeah it's fucking crazy yeah anyway um but speaking of uh you know so I brought up Johnny Manziel because <laughs> they basically had to pin down Jerry Jones to keep <laughs> to keep him from Jerry taking... Jones still thinks that he could change Johnny Manziel. Oh, probably. Yeah, he probably wants to sign him still. Um, but I, apparently, he pulled the trigger on a deal. <laughs> apparently, he he's still the guy. He's still calling the shots. You know, in the football operations world for the Cowboys. He and could be in hospice, and he'd still be calling the shots for yes. the Cowboys. He's like, never going to give that up. I mean, he could be in hospice right now, for all we know. And he's <laughs> like, it's weekend at Bernie's. If, if, just... if he is in hospice, he's still holding a press conference. He doesn't care. Yeah. that's So, anyway, but funny enough, um, I, I am generally not going to come to the defense of Jerry Jones. I'm actually going to defend the Trey Lance deal, though. Um, I believe it was a, a next year's fourth-round pick. To the 49ers for Trey Lance, uh, I'm a – I'm going after the 49ers on this one. I think it was. I think it's a bad move. Everything that you gave up. I, I mean, we don't know all the facts, and may, and maybe. I mean, either it's either it's Trey Lance is that bad in the film room, and it's just like like oh my god, this kid does not know a fucking thing about football, um, you know. But I feel like there was enough raw talent there. Like develop him, even if he's your third quarterback. You know what I mean? I, I mean, maybe maybe you felt like. Uh, maybe maybe you felt like because you had um, nothing but Sam Darnold and um, you know the st- Brock Purdy. <laughs> Brock, yeah, Brock yeah, Purdy yeah. Thank- I keep wanting to say Brock Hewitt. Mr. Brock- Re- Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, Mr. Irre- you know, but Brock Purdy. So maybe that you didn't want that distraction in there or something like that. Um, I don't think it's like a steal to get him for a fourth round pick. But it's, a, it's classic but, buying low, and you know you don't like a fourth round pick. Like is it's not it's a, a throwaway pick, but it's it's, it, it's a dart though. It's a dart. You're not you're not guaranteed a you know a starter by any means with a fourth round pick. Like you're hoping to get like if you if you can get like a special team a valuable special teams guy with a fourth round pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, well, no, and you can get interior lineman, linebacker, yeah. running back. Yeah. You can get depth, all those things. You can get depth pieces. And, yeah. and, and you can get a backup quarterback with the four, with a fourth round pick. So one thing that I don't understand about this is if they had taken a quarterback in the fourth round, would this have been a big deal? Like everybody's coming to Dak's defense on this when he's, well, he, he's just, getting paid franchise money. He's not going to get benched. Well, it's, like, it's just be because of the fact that he was the number three overall pick and the Niners traded. No, I understand that, but it should, but after two years, you know, we've seen that Trey Lance obviously is at best a work in progress, and so the Cowboys are going to stash him. You know, like again, I understand this is this isn't building a team on Madden. It's not just collecting a bunch of assets. We 
we just talked about culture and you know personalities and everything like that right so you know you have to take that stuff into account but i feel like you know in dak prescott's uh press conference afterwards like the whole like the whole thing about uh i'm not really surprised by anything anymore his tone definitely to me seemed like he was pissed about it and i don't get it like why are you threatened by trey lance you know what i mean they're, they're we have seen time and time again how it's important to have a good backup quarterback. Dak Prescott's leg snapped in half a year and a, well, yeah, like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, we know it's important to have depth at quarterback. It's the most important position to have depth at quarterback. Like the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles won a title because they had depth at quarterback. So, you know, not to mention the 2001 Patriots. Yeah, the '99 Rams. <laughs> I, I read into his his comments a little bit more just understanding the the fact that the league is a business i think that's just what it is uh he could definitely be a little defensive and and being like uh it sounded like he was pretty pretty close with will greer uh as well um you know obviously in the quarterback room like any position you spend a lot of time with those guys so Maybe he's just defending his guy. Maybe he just does understand it's a business. Yeah, but his now now his boy Will Greer. If, I mean, if he's close with Will Greer, Will Greer's gonna have a better opportunity somewhere else. He'd probably be a two somewhere instead of a three. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, Will Greer. Um, I, I wanted to throw this at you. I mean, cl- class act by the Cowboys to be like, okay, we are gonna cut you. Um, here, go start a full you know preseason game and and see what you can do. And he uh, he would he lit the world on fire, twenty nine to thirty five. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. I just saw that. Yeah, twenty nine to thirty five, yeah. over three hundred yards. I think. Yeah, a couple touchdowns. Um, they just gave him a showcase game. Yeah, they yeah. gave him a showcase game. Do you think Jerry's in the back of his mind, like, shit, like maybe I shouldn't cut him? No, because it's still preseason, and he's just throwing against mostly basic coverages. Nobody's showing anything. You know what I mean? Um, that's not. I'm not saying Will Greer's a bum or anything. Right. But you know, I think it's a little bit. A little bit easier, you know. It's a little bit different than no. Week it's a one, totally different know? game, one hundred percent. But I, if I'm a general manager, maybe this is just my brain. It's just like, oh shit, if he can do that, like, can we work on this? Not to start him or anything, but like, should we keep this guy around? But I get what you're saying. Like, it, he probably played against a lot of guys that are maybe practice squad guys now that you know aren't on rosters and everything like that. So, and it's also just not for nothing. But w- I mean, what has Dak Prescott Ben. I like him. I like it. Generally, I like his personality. He, he you know, I mean, he was a fourth round pick himself, right? Third or fourth. Um, he was, a, he was a mid round pick and, you know, and made his way into a starting job and everything like that. It, like that's a, that's a blue collar workman, like, you know, backstory. I like it. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I like Dak. Um, I don't like his reaction in that press conference though. And it just, I, you know, for again, for a guy that hasn't performed well in the playoffs, and so what? So yeah, he's so he let's a say, Dallas Cowboys. So yeah, well, well yeah, no, so. let's say let's say I don't even I don't even view it this way from the Cowboys is that they brought him in as a kick in the ass to Dak. But what if they did? Okay, be better then because you're basically a more athletic Kirk Cousins right now, and <laughs> that's that's not good. It's not so, going to be a Super Bowl. Is it, no, it's not. So, like, so I mean, is this like a hoping this is a you know a little bit of a fire under his ass, like like Garoppolo was for Brady? Because I think it's documented that Garoppolo definitely got another you know five to ten years out of Brady. Brady, who knows? Brady may retired a couple years later. You know, like, but the genius know, of Bill Belichick probably knew the, that. The genius of Bill Belichick. Yeah. No. Um. I don't know, man. So 
it's just I think there's a lot of things there. I but honestly, just I again, I understand that this isn't just about collecting assets and everything like that. But for me, like you know, this trade is a draw. I don't think it was you know I don't think it was a horrible move by the 49ers. I guess it makes sense with Brock Purdy as your quarterback, who you know I'm not really sold on, but I'm obviously not sold on Lance either. Um, I just feel like with that roster, they uh, one of these days they need to just trade for a regular, a real quarterback. Well, I can't, but. I can't give them too much shit because both of those teams have multiple quarterbacks on their roster right now. My New England Patriots just have one after cutting uh, Bailey Zappi and the Malik genius Cunningham. of Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, it comes right back to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Not, not good. That seems like anti everything that has come out of camp i mean like i mean because you're literally saying well, to Zappi's, mac jones hey you're the guy but when, he's ha- so in defense of mac jones he's had a really good camp his his completion percentage was up like 10 percent over year over year i believe preseason practice wise um you know what mac jones is though he's Kirk cousins he's not gonna get he's not gonna get you a super bowl either he's just, not if, he's not athletic okay, enough okay, to put a team okay. on his back okay let me let me backtrack He's not. He's not. You're you're 100% correct. Patriots don't have this, but if they did, if the Vikings had this, if the Cowboys had, Cowboys might have this. If they had what? An elite defense. Like, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, no, no. We're in a different league now. Fair no. Enough. This isn't. No, you know, and again, this, I thought about this for a little while. You, I mean, you already know. I, I'm, I'm pissed about the, the direction of the NFL, it all being passing, it all being offense, really. You can't fucking play defense anymore. But think about, yeah, so it was, it was the 2001 page, or no, 2000 Ravens, right? Was that yeah, nasty yeah, yeah, Ravens yeah, yeah, defense? Yeah, yeah, 2001 yeah. Patriots. That, um, yeah, 99 was the Rams, 2000 was the Ravens, 2001 was the Patriots. 2002 was not the Patriots. That's was all I know. no, it was. I think it was the Bucks. Yeah, I think that was the Bucks. Was that Jay Gruden or John Gruden? John Gruden. Yeah, yeah it was the Bucks. So my point being is, it bounced back and forth for a while between offense and defense. There was balance. That time's over. Elite defenses and so no, you're not getting Trent Dill for a Super Bowl anymore, and that sucks. I I I don't like that. I like like I don't hate offense. I just hate that it's all offense now. Like there used to be different paths to a championship, and now there's only one. So, um, and because of that, yeah, uh, Mac Jones, Dak Prescott, as as he currently is, Kirk Cousins, none of those guys are getting you a Super Bowl. Um, I, I I just don't see it happening. I mean, because I don't know how you're going to build an elite defense anymore. You can't cover anybody. The only way you can build an elite defense is you have four nasty pass rushers, and the I think the Eagles just kind of showed you that model last year. And it still wasn't enough. They were better at literally every position except quarterback and tight end. And tight end was close, honestly, if you ask me, because Goddard's a blocker. But I don't know. And, and head, head coach, head coaching still matters. But in case you didn't know, Tory yeah. Richardson, Eagles fan. It's like, yeah, but I don't even really care that much anymore. <laughs> but like, but yeah, you know, I grew up an Eagles fan. Yes, I did. Um, anyway, but we, you know, so we were talking about culture. We were talking about how, like, you know, egos egos do play into this you know people's feelings everything like that and so i think that that's another point in this whole uh running back saga you know there's been two guys that have taken very different paths and i think that there might you know there's there's obviously a lot of variables but i think one of the biggest reasons is how the owners handled it uh 
so Josh Jacobs, he just signed his one-year $12 million deal. I'm sure he's not happy about it. He fucking led the re- league in rushing last year, and he can't even get a long-term deal. Um, right around the money that Saquon got about a month ago after, you know. Yeah, was it actually a little bit more than Saquon? Saquon was like. I think Saquon was at 11. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think B- Jacobs actually got a little bit more, which makes sense. He led the league in rushing last year. Um, but, yeah, the guy's playing year to year, and he's – and he's the and I mean not even in a good he was in a decent offense last year not a great offense last year and he led the league in rushing, right? Not to mention playing from behind a lot and led the league in rushing. So Jacobs is a stud, and he just signed a one year twelve million dollar deal. Meanwhile, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, just hit his deadline to yeah not traded not and traded on the pup list and on the pup list to start the season. So you will not see um, him for the first four weeks. So, I mean, we're basically looking at a, what a hold in, I guess, you know, mysterious back pain and all that. Like, and I don't know, I don't know much about Jonathan Taylor. Um, what I, what I question though, is did Jim Irsay fuck this up? Is it, you know, is this on him? I mean, that, that whole quote, you know, uh, if, if Jonathan Taylor's out of the league tomorrow and if I, you know, if I, and if I die, nobody's going to remember us, you know, like, I mean, basically, you know, I, I, I got his point. He said it in a weird way. I get it. Like the league is bigger than us. I get that. Okay. That being said, that wasn't the only public thing he said publicly about it either. And I think Jim Ursay made this messy and I, and I, and I always question, is somebody doing this on behest of the rest of the owners? Is this like, is this like, hey, it's your turn to take a stand, you know, against this player conspiracy because we don't want to pay our running backs? Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't like. I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's like a legit. You know, I think it's very plausible. Let's put it that so, way. So, so we mentioned the Cardinals. Are the Colts tanking? Like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's their whole offense. You just said it's an offense league. I mean, like, legitimately, like. I mean, what are they? What are they tanking for if they think they have their franchise quarterback, right? I, I mean, obviously, yeah, to put another piece around them, right? But I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, the books out obviously on Anthony Richardson. I know you're high but on the, it, but yeah, no, I, and and again, for no for for no particular reason, because like, I'll say it was stupid to draft Trey Lance and tra- you know trade all that away for him, a guy that had like basically no college experience, you know. And that's the same problem with Anthony Richardson. And he wasn't but, even that good in college. He had but, electric plays. But, but to defend you, Anthony Richardson did – he did play in the SEC. Trey Lance did not. Also true. <laughs> yeah. He did not play – yeah, he didn't play in FBS. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, it's weird. I just have a gut feeling with Anthony Richardson. That being said, I'm sure they know he's very raw. So, yeah, could they be tanking? Also very plausible. But yeah. tanking in a way where fans are actually going to go to the games and have hope and – I guess if you're tanking, it's the right way to tank. You have the, you have your rookie quarterback. You're like, let's do it. Obviously, yeah, they're not doing it by yeah. They're still going to play him and get him that experience, and that you know, again, they could ruin him by doing it's this. A, it's basically a redshirt year for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and you know what? And and maybe they won't ruin him by doing this. I, I you know, I, they never gave Andrew Luck an offensive line. They still have issues. I mean, Quentin Nelson, love Quentin Nelson, obviously, um, but I don't know. It's just. I think they still have pieces around him, but yeah, you should have given him Jonathan Taylor too, and you should have I mean, made you should have made this work. And even if they weren't going to be a playoff team, because here's the thing, it makes more sense to me to tank in the AFC if you're going to do it. Again, I don't believe in it. Well, but yeah, the, because, but the AFC stack. Yeah, you don't and even have you, to tank; you just have to be mediocre, and you're right, going to be very bad. Right. And so, like, so in the AFC, it makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, 
And so if they're going to, yeah, if they're going to throw Anthony Richardson out there to the Wolves, like, you know, but you should have put at least the offensive pieces around him. So he's yeah, still building confidence and it's, still. It's not fair to give Anthony Richardson the, the roster that he's getting sans Jonathan Taylor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, because with Jonathan Taylor, it's still not a very competitive roster. So you can't judge Anthony Richardson off of this year. So I'm giving you an out. You have one year on your take. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll revisit it. Uh, September 1st, 2024, and, and see where we're at. All right, sounds good. I, I To be, um, yeah, because I'll be the first one to say that, you know, expecting results from quarterbacks in today's NFL, I expect them earlier rather than later. Um, it's, it's, it's easier than it's ever been to play the position in this league. Let's put it that way. Yeah, when you say results, you're talking, are you talking stats? Or you, I mean, you can't, you can't be talking impacting of winning right away, are you? I mean, you know, at quarterback, there is a little bit of that. But if Anthony, but if a rookie goes seven and ten and shows improvement throughout the year, then I'm going to tell that's you, a, yeah, I mean, good, that's a good year. That's a yeah. good rookie year. Or man, it depends on what you were the year before. But if that's an improvement on record, which it probably is, if you're starting a rookie quarterback day one, it, you're you're probably right. a or four. the Colts like you know four and thirteen, right. five you're and twelve last yeah, year. Yeah, you're probably a and four so or five he, yeah. team. So at, I, at I say seven wins from Anthony yeah. Richardson this year is a success. Yes, I do. I do base it on wins. I do base it on team results, especially at the quarterback position. Um, but yeah, yeah, Anthony Richardson seven wins. That's that's a that's a plus for the Colts, you know. And then then the arrows pointing up, you know. Um, and then they cannot pay another running back and piss off their fr- franchise even more. Their fans. <laughs> Which, yeah, I know. I, I can't imagine being a Colts fan right now and like like having all this promise, you know, or, or seeing all this promise in Richardson. It's like, God, if, imagine if he had him to hand off to, you know? Yeah, it must be very frustrating. Because that's going to be a lot of his game, too. You know what I mean? It's, I, I, it's almost, I'm afraid they're going to do the same shit that they've done to Josh Allen in Buffalo, where they're just going to be, they're just going to put it all on his shoulders. Because he's kind of the same guy, right? He's a, he's a fucking Superman at, quarter, at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he broke, and, like, multiple combine quarterbacks. And also super inaccurate yeah. right now. Josh very, Allen, obviously. Very inaccurate. Yeah, and so was Josh Allen. Especially his short game, like, very inaccurate. And, and I think Josh Allen, honestly, is the model for why Anthony Richardson can be successful. But, Jesus Christ, if the Bills let Josh Allen hand off the fucking ball every once in a while, the Bills would probably have two rings by now. So, anyway. Jonathan Taylor to the Bills? Is that... <laughs> No, because they need an offensive line too. But um, anyway, so move you know from uh, from the pros to uh, a quarterback that I don't know is he is he a first round prospect? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, he he lit it up. Uh, we're we're talking Sam Hartman, Notre Dame, uh, week zero. Uh, you know, forty one three over Navy. For, forty two to three over Navy. Um, it just never was a game at all. Um, it, <sighs> My concern with a guy like Hartman, though, is, you know, the the age thing. Like, like, has he already hit his ceiling, right? You know, whereas, you know, like a like a Burrow coming out after his junior year, he was I think it was only twenty one years old. There was still there was still room for physical growth as well as you know what I mean. And 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 to your point, Sam Hartman's been a starter for a while. Joe Burrow was he was. Second season, right? Like yeah, he was, two he, two full seasons bur- at LSU. He, right? he was buried on no. He only did one year at. He was buried LSU. at o- he was buried at Ohio State. Ohio State, and, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he transferred and and had probably the best college football quarterback season ever. Just absolutely insane. But uh, one thing, let me ask you this: If you're an NFL GM, do you hold any weight? So the transfer portal is obviously crazy. Everyone's transferring. 
do you hold any weight for guys that can do it in multiple systems? You know, he did it at Wake Forest. You know, he had a lot of success there, put up the numbers. If he has a good year at Notre Dame, does that make him any more attractable to you? Oh, just because of the uh, the fact because that, of the differences in yeah. systems and yeah. everything. Yeah, because like Wake Wake was basically like an RPO kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm the, if I'm the GM. As a GM, you're always you're 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 cart is always hitched to that horse right and so it's really just does he fit in my system right like i mean yes it's great show me show me that you're adaptable and everything like that you know um you know the transfer portal is for a million reasons is interesting right it's a it's a new thing it's a, it's a new measurable or a, or a new uh criteria right that you can you know measure a guy by is like okay does he give up when things get tough right now like okay but it's not obviously not always the case like you know, he wanted to go to a bigger program, tougher competition, pro-style offense, all that. And Jalen Hurts is a great example, too. Like, Jalen Hurts wasn't going to start. He wanted to go somewhere he could start. Okay. Like, it's just – it's really hard because there's sometimes where it's just like the guy didn't want to outwork somebody, you know. I don't think – I don't think anybody's going to accuse Jalen Hurts of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, again, it's, it's one of those things that's never black and white. But uh, to your original question – being adaptable in different schemes, yeah, sure, you know, like, but that I think that's more almost like an owner level thing, you know, as a general manager, like seeing that he changed schemes and everything like that, you know, like it might show that he has some versatility. But, yeah, I guess the general manager is like, well, this scheme isn't changing because I have the right coach in place, and if well, I don't yeah. have the right coach in place, then my job's on the line. That's too. what I mean. So, yeah, like, yeah, that's like a good point. That's and good point. really, like, if at this point, if the quarterback doesn't work out right. as a GM, right. your job's on that the line. All three so. are all three are tied together at this point. Right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, back to back to the game. Uh, um, or, yeah. So back to Hartman specifically. Um, you know, just this is t- very preliminary re- reaction. You know, it's not like I watched him play at Wake last year or anything like that. I, I wasn't that impressed. Um, I I thought. He threw one touchdown pass that was actually pretty far behind his receiver. Um, that where he just he just you know was playing against an inferior corner, um, but it was one of those throws that had to be in in front and it was on the guy's back shoulder. There was another one um, where he just didn't you know the timing wasn't there and he and he threw it too late and and the corner was able to catch up um, in the back of the end zone. Things that don't matter in a forty-two to three game. Um, by the way. Uh, Navy's defensive line. I don't know what their average weight is, but it's probably like 260 <laughs> pounds. Um, they're, I mean, they're tiny. Um, and the line of scrimmage literally moved back like three or four yards on every play. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, Na- Notre Dame literally could have just handed off every play and won this game. Yeah. Um, they they basically could have run Navy's offense and won the game. So they they made things very easy. You know, and you know, also to uh, Marcus Freeman's credit, uh, he you know. He kept it simple this year. Notre Dame had a lot of issues with Navy, you know, uh, early in the game last year. Yeah, I mean, they they almost lost. It was, yeah, it was a one possession game, and it and it was no, it, it that was not the story this time, you know. And and I think that they just kept things simple. As long, it, it's one of those games where like, okay, as long as you don't turn the ball over, as long as you don't make stupid mistakes, lots of penalties, you know. So so they just hand it off to their stable of running backs. So yeah, if you're an Irish fan, you you do feel good coming out of this game. Yeah, you know, you know, I think so. I mean, a forty, a forty-two to three wins, a forty-two to three win, and it's not like Navy is, uh, you know, a bottom of the barrel, you know, FBS program, and and they're tough to prepare for. Um, I will say, 
I think Navy's the kind of program you want to play earlier in the year. I yeah, think, I think their system gets like kind of gets humming towards the end of the year. A and I think bit, they're probably know? an ideal, you know, first game of the year Week too, one, exactly you, because you can really scheme for it, and and you have more than six five days to prepare for it. Uh, yeah, like time, you know, time over the year. I think helps them, helps Navy. And yeah, like you said, you have all off season to prepare for. You that. know what's coming. There's no surprises. There's no. Exactly. There's no. Uh, you know, spread offense coming out there. You you know. Yeah, that. it is. It is tough to prepare for. And if you only yeah. have a week, oh, yeah. it, you know, if you only have a week turnaround to prepare for Navy, it sucks. Yeah, and you're beat um, up in the in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. You, got, you, you know, you guys got, got guys nursing injuries and shit like that. I mean, it's 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 different. You, you, yeah, you don't you don't want to play that physical game week ten against Navy. It's going to be physical. Um, but week one, you know, like, yeah, you have time to prepare for it schematically. You have, you have all your horses. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a different ball game. So I think, I think everything kind of played into Notre Dame's favor and, and, you know, out of Navy's favor. Um, so yeah. Uh, so bringing it back to, to Sam Hartman, you know, I, I just, I'm just saying, I'm not going to heap a ton of praise on him for, yeah. Cause he was 19 to 24, four touchdown passes, everything like that. Like, I feel like this one was kind of served up for him. Now, am I like am I being a little harsh for a couple of you know you know a couple of mistakes you know like a, a not perfect throw that ended up in a touchdown pass another one that easily could have been a touchdown pass sure but I just I didn't think that he for for how highly touted he's being I I saw some I saw some holes you know you're not mentioning his his biggest miss of the day which was uh, the post game interview where he declared <laughs> that there's a king of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> no, King of, King of Dublin. Or King, King the, of Dublin. The uh, oh god, this was bad. It was, he he's the the King of the King of Dublin. Uh, he, uh, or he said the the King of Dublin or something. He gave us this uh, shillelagh, and <laughs> he just sounded so unintelligent. What I a mean, sentence! Yeah, it was it was bad, man. I, and and I, I I'm just picking on him. Um, you know, like it's not like I'd be great in a post game conference, especially right after the game, whatever. Um, but it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, do you have the whole quote pulled up there? Like, it was just like the whole thing was he he didn't really know what to say about he's holding this he's holding this uh, ceremonial club. <laughs> we, we got a shillelagh gifted to us. One of the people of Dublin gave it to us, so we're gonna carry it out. It's kind of our new tradition. We're going to start with this team each year. We're gonna get a new one. It's an exciting tradition. Our scout team player of the week will carry it throughout every game, every home game, every away game. But I have it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, didn't he say something about it? Like it's, it's, it's a weapon, but it, we're not yeah. going to use it as a weapon. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's used and, for it's used for a weapon, but I won't be using it. It just looks cool right now. And uh, what 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 on, website is that? It's uh, on three dot com. Uh, on this isn't the UK website. This is this is uh, uh, okay, okay. But okay. yeah, there there was a UK website I, that was I just, that, which makes sense because the game was in Ireland. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. I feel like they transcribed this a little friendly for it because he did say the king of it was like the king of Dublin or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's because the, the announcers, yeah, the announcers on the what was it, NBC, the, the broadcast team even commented is like <laughs> they, they were like they're like oh, well I don't I don't think uh, there's a king of Dublin but <laughs> it's, it's just like so anyway uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to pick on Sam Hartman too much again I I don't I don't I've never had a post game conference so in, you know. a, in other uh, college football news USC put up a lot of points which uh, was to be predicted. Uh, I think it was like 56 or 56 to like 28 or something like that. Uh, overhit pretty easily. Um, I told Tori to take it. Uh, Lincoln Riley loves those games. Uh, just putting up points, points, points against 
bad opponents. Yeah, it was funny. So I like I did. I drove home. I actually drove home to try and catch some of the game. And uh, while I was, st- it was like I think the first quarter was almost over, and it was seven to seven. So I was like, eh, maybe you know, might not hit the over. You yeah, know, like, yeah, you like, don't watch. So, you don't watch college football. That's what that's what Lincoln Riley does. And then like this, yeah. It's, 20, 21 straight points. Well, yeah, so, you know, I don't have a history of watching a lot of college football, and guess what? I didn't get to watch this fucking game because the Pac-12 stupid, and the game... Hey, hey, I'm give, looking it some, good. give it some respect. It's the Pac-4 now, that, okay? Yeah. Oh, right, sorry. The, the <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we got a, a little bit of a window. I So, I literally texted Mike, everybody, to be like, like, where is this fucking game? Before I before I finally Googled it because I'm stupid and it took me like five minutes to Google where you know what what network is the USC game out. Well, guess what? It's on fucking Apple TV. Yeah, that's why everyone's leaving. Well, that's why everyone left the Pac-12 just because that's what they're they're gonna stupid. They were gonna give them a share of Apple TV subscriptions. They were they weren't even gonna you know like the big the Big Ten's getting like billions of dollars you know from from major networks and. The Pac-4 is like, here, here's, here's an Apple TV subscription that I, as a 26-year-old, do not have and have no interest in subscribing to them. Like, and I, I have to be their target audience, right? I mean, right? Well, yeah, because, like, I mean, my generation is like, fuck that. Like, no, I, like, I'm, uh, you know, cord, cord cutting, right? Like, no, like, I'm not paying for cable, so I paid for the closest thing to it, YouTube TV. But I feel like they tried to, USC thought they, or sorry, the Pac-12 thought they were going to reinvent the wheel they're like, oh yeah, we're yeah, we're gonna go to the streaming services. That's where it's all gonna be. It's like, no, dude, you fucked this up really bad. And it, like, I can I can appreciate taking a gamble and trying to be forward thinking. Like, no, you fucked this up really bad. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's an Apple TV problem. If they if they if they didn't market it well, what the deal is? I, I don't like I don't like sports being on streaming services. Like it's like just put it on a fucking network. I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of this stuff, and I don't know about all the money. I don't want to fucking think about it. I just want to watch a fucking game. I hear you. Real quick, uh, another sport that you can't find on TV anywhere, track and field. Uh, USA uh, participant uh, Noah Lyles uh, pissed off a lot of people. Did you see this? He, uh, he, he went after the NBA for some reason. Um, okay, I'm listening. Going after the NBA is a, a good way yeah, to yeah, ingratiate that, yeah, yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a Tory favorite. He said, uh, the thing that hurts me the most is I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champions on their head. World champions of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. at, at times, but this ain't the world. I don't know. If, I don't really like that disclaimer that I like the U.S. at, at times. times. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's <laughs> Did he lose you? <laughs> I, but, I, didn't, um, I didn't hear uh, Star Spangled Banner playing <laughs> while behind him or anything. Yeah. yeah, as he's representing the United States. Um, I get his point. Like, I, I get it. Like, they're not technically world champions. I, I, I can appreciate the point. Like, especially coming from somebody that's competing for the country, right? Like, I... Like, he probably wants more respect for track and field. Like, they're probably on Apple TV, too, unfortunately. Um, but to come after the NBA is a little weird. And it just seems like such a weird little thing to to throw out there. Like, is is he looking for us to say his name? Because, it, I mean, it worked. But <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Uh, the NBA NBA guys didn't take too kindly to it either. Um, bunch of bunch of guys fired off uh, on, on Twitter about this. We got... Uh, you know, of course, the the Twitter king Kevin Durant saying, "Somebody help this brother." <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. We got just a bunch of people here. PJ Tucker can't make this shit up. Like they they seemed a little butthurt about this. Yeah, um, I'm definitely gonna take his side on this, um, especially because I'm sure there's more context to what he said. Like you you brought this to my attention, but um, the NBA, yeah, is the NBA the best basketball league in the world right now? Yes, but guess what? The world's catching up. Kendrick Perkins, I'm sorry, I I, I gotta cut you off. I wish my brain functioned like Kendrick Perkins' brain sometimes. Not all the time, but just for some of the some tweets. Like it would be really beneficial on Twitter. Put his brain in a bird, and the bird will start flying backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Where, Kendrick Perkins. That's got. That sounds like a southernism. He's, like, that's he's, like, he's from Texas, I believe. Oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah. yeah. He's, so he's that sounds southern. like a. I was madder than a hornet in a coke can, or you know, like <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> Put his brain in a bird, and the bird will fly backwards. Okay, well, uh, I love Kendrick too, and uh, the Celtics would have another ring if he, if uh, you know, Danny Ainge hadn't traded him away like an idiot. But anyway, agreed. Um, yeah, but that's that's what was that like 2010? Jesus, that was a long time ago. Um, but uh, to Mr. Lyle's point, uh, the rest of the world's catching up in basketball, man, and uh, it might not have happened yet, but it's gonna happen. And yeah, I know all the best players from those, you know. Uh, but four of the five best, excuse me, all um, NBA first. Team, for, yeah, yeah, four, four yeah. or five, four of five all NBA players are foreign, and because yeah, because basketball. I don't, you know, might be overstating it to say basketball's dying in America, but it's yeah, that's headed in a okay, but it's trending in a bad direction, and I think we can all agree that AAU is kind of killing American basketball, and it's not going to be long before, like, even if you put the best guys in, in America, I'm just saying, give it, give it 10 or 20 years, and you put the best guys in America against the best guys from Croatia. Or, yeah, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's certainly trending in that direction. I can't argue with you. I just I, I have a feeling that it's, it'll, it'll even out. Like, I feel like, you know, obviously the USA was dominant for up until as we're recording this, right? Like, up until the last couple of years. Um, I think the world is, is focusing more on basketball than they had and yeah obviously they're they're catching up but i think it'll level out a little bit i I think uh the talent that you're seeing is not generation i don't want to say generational talent but i think like there's not going to be a lot more Giannis antetokounmpo's and uh, like i I don't think will there be more Nikolai Jokic? yeah joel Embiid's, yeah um but i think i think it'll even out Hmm. i i don't know i think it's more of a you know the entitlement that you get in AAU, I feel like you got a lot of guys. You, you're going to get a lot of uh, James Harden's and Carmelo Anthony's. I think that those guys, you're, you're going to get more guys. You're going to get those kids that looked up to those fucking guys. Got you know. Yeah, but there's always. And I, there's I, always I hate to good... put Carmelo because Carmelo is not nearly the piece of shit that James Harden is. But as far as being a winner goes. They're very comparable, and you're going to get more of those guys. I, I know you don't like LeBron, but then you have guys like LeBron, like he, like I. I as a role model, like, well, yes, yes, he flops, but like, that's that's a good person to look up to for like a kid that wants to play basketball, right? Like, like take mm. take away the flopping. It's not just the flopping, though. It's I mean, come but, on, man. Like, like, but he, like Nikolai Jokic is flopping too. You know what I mean? Like Joel Embiid is. Well, flopping. yeah, but I, well, I make LeBron the face of flopping in the NBA because like he really made it okay. And here's the thing: is like if you want flopping to stop. 
all this like you know like oh I'm gonna fine him five thousand dollars or or it's gonna be a technical foul for flopping. By the way, that all that stuff's gonna hurt the game. It's gonna slow the game down. It's gonna suck. Um, you know, but LeBron could make it not okay to flop, and instead he's one of the worst fucking floppers that we've ever seen. You, you know what I mean? Like like if change is gonna happen, it has to come from the players, right? It has to come from LeBron being like, you know, like knock this shit off, dude. He has to he has to like tweet it out or whatever is it still called the tweet on x i don't know i don't know i'm just gonna call it tweeting it, yeah uh, fuck it it's twitter like like i'm not changing the name elon fuck off um anyway so but i think lebron and you know and the other guys that really have some pull they're the ones that could change it but lebron's the one lebron makes it okay he is you know he is he's the king he is the self-proclaimed king, and let's let's be honest, that's the reality. He's just a kid from Akron. Leave him alone. Oh yeah, poor poor LeBron, <laughs> poor Bron. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's about time for us to wrap this up, and uh, you know we get pretty negative. We get we get pretty down on things. You know, I was just talking about you know James Harden being a piece of shit, um, which is going to be a recurring theme, by the way. So if you're a James Harden enthusiast, well, you know what, keep listening because because we want you too. And we, uh, we've, uh, we've talked a lot of shit about James Harden have, in the year that I've known you, year and a half now. Yeah, and, and now you're I, and I brought you to my side. You yeah, came, you came to the good side. It took me a while, but once you once you got Doc Rivers fired, okay. Anyway, positive, but, but, positivity. But yeah, so we're going <laughs> we're going to be positive, and so. We we want to uh, end every episode with the with the message of celebrate every day. I tell this to Mawson all the times. Like you're a young man, just enjoy it. You know, enjoy the ride. Um, you know, I'm old and falling apart, but I still need to enjoy every day. I need to celebrate every day. Um, you know, and also some historical context. You know, you, you get a every, every day. Every day of the year is an important day in history. An important day in sports history, you know, generally speaking. Yeah, it's like it's like grounding yourself. Some people like walk around barefoot. We just we we kind of figure out what the day is and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so anyway, um, so yeah, we'll talk. So the uh, you know we're, we're pulling this from uh, right now from DaysOfTheYear.com. There's a holiday for everything, guys. So if you want to know. Um, you know, we're going to have another episode coming up on Friday. So if you want to know the holidays for the next few few days, uh, the, you know, this is what, what it is. We've got uh, National Holistic Pet Day. Um, I don't know. How, I mean, I, frankly, I like to take my, my dog to the vet. Um, I, Responsible pet owner. I I, like I, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about that one, but you now you know. And uh, National Toasted Marshmallow Day. Where, as 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 a kid, were you one of those ones to, uh, you know, just like throw it right in the fire and let it let it get ignited? Or I, I've only had s'mores a couple times. Uh, really, not a, not a huge marshmallow guy. Did you uh, go camping, or, or you just didn't do a lot of camping? Decent amount of camping. Not not every summer by any means, but yeah. But, but marshmallows I, weren't a, re- a requisite while you were camping. No, I, I didn't have my first s'more until I was about probably. A, teenager probably like 13 14 no shit uh but i mean i didn't have my first beer till i was 20 so i'm not gonna like um but if i have to i'm i'm more of a like lightly toasted do you do you just like it charred no no i i that's i i like to lightly brown it myself um that's that's i think that's the way to go i you know but no judgment if if you do light your marshmallow on fire but you know, just a little a, bit of judgment, but from no, no, me, no, but none from Tori. No, just you know, safety PSA though. My sister lit me on fire when I was like nine years old doing that. Yeah, oh, I, no. like, like I mean, it, you know, it landed on my sweatpants, but yeah, she was like flinging it around in the air to to get it to go out, and the 
you know, did you have to roll? Did you have to stop? No, 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 it wasn't quite that bad because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like gasoline on my sweatpants, but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it could have gotten bad. You know, yeah. the day before you did, but it's, luckily you didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, uh, Wednesday is National Beach Day, so I get, I guess it's more of a, you know, last chance to hit the beach. Um, shit, man, I haven't been to the beach in quite a while. I, I didn't make it to the beach this summer. Not once. We didn't even go to the beach when, yeah, I went on, when we went on vacation to Charleston. Like, we didn't even really, we didn't hit a beach. Well, we, good thing. We went, we went on a boat, but no beach. Good thing you didn't. It would have been a hot tub down there. It's like, water's like 90 degrees down there. That's true, yeah. Um, all right, moving on to Thursday. Uh, we got a national eat outside day. That's it. Like, there's nothing better than eating outside. Nice little breeze on a, on a nice summer day. You got a little... You know, maybe a margarita or a nice water, what what have you, some iced tea. And the uh, the, the photo that we're seeing, that they have some delicious pizza. It looks like almost margarita pizza, uh, which you can't go wrong either. But uh, just eating outside is the best. I think eating outside for me is just like, I, like I, I want a comfortable chair. Like, I don't want a chair where I'm, like oh, my yeah, fucking the, the lower flimsy, back and my ass the, hurts. Yeah. Like, or like the wire chairs, you know, and the, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I you know, like, metal. Like, yeah, like, like breweries have good like eat outside. Yeah, setups. like you sit you sit in the cushions around the you know like a, a little fire pit yeah. maybe, you, and then you can do it even in the fall. Like it's, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, even though National Eat Outside Day is right now, again, this is why I, I, I miss uh, living in the desert because you could eat outside in December yeah, all the time, all year uh, long. Yep. Actually, that's the only, probably the only time you want to eat outside. Yeah. You don't want you don't want to eat outside in June, but or August. Um, <laughs> definitely not in <laughs> August. So. Um, let's see. Uh, and then September 1st, we'll, we'll, we'll get into what, uh, you know, what national month it is, I guess, uh, on our Friday episode, but national lazy mom's day, national cherry popover day, not, not, not cherry popping day. Um, <laughs> it must be a different day. Yeah. I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a day for it. Um, let's see. National college colors day. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, I forgot to include that in your resume. UNH grad here. I went to the uh, <laughs> the, the fantastic University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, um, National Tofu Day. I will not be celebrating that. Yeah, me either. And oh, and I did. Yeah, that's right. And I did have one. So uh, yeah, September September first, nineteen sixty four was the first Japanese player to make his MLB debut. Obviously, um, you know, the guy that paved the path for guys like Shohei Otani, um, you know, poor bastard, just stuck with the Angels. Did you see the Angels are putting all these guys on waivers? Like, I mean, not like not Shohei, but... Literally just waving the white flag. Uh, yeah, uh, like, yeah. I, I hope he gets what he deserves and gets, you know, ends up on a good team next year. Just And, and I hope he gets a, you know... I hope he gets to do what he's been doing for the Angels, pitching and hitting at a high level, you know? Um, yeah, it'd be a shame if his pitching days are over. Hopefully he doesn't need a second Tommy John because that usually doesn't end well. But anyway, shout-out to Masanori Murakami if you're still out there. That was 1964. But, yeah, he pitched a scoreless eighth inning for the San Francisco Giants and a 4-1 loss to the Mets and September 1st, 1964. So that's a, I didn't realize that uh, Japanese players came over that, you know, that early. I, yeah, I thought I mean, that was more like a 70s or 80s thing. Pretty interesting, like the phenoms that they've had, like Dice K, like the the energy surrounding him and, and everything back in the, you know, that was what, late 2000s, right? I, yeah, speaking of Dice K, I owe Dice K my, um, my wife, basically. So, like, um, maybe we'll say that, no, this is a, real briefly, um, 
I sat down at the only open spot at the bar. Turned out it was next to my wife. And this is out in Yuma, Arizona. And I saw she had a Red Sox shirt on, so that's how I struck up a conversation. But she wasn't going to give me her number unless the Red Sox won. And this was in the playoffs against the Rays. They lost the series, but they won that game, and you know, the rest is history. Um, Shout out Dice K. And I think that's a great note to end on, Mr. Moss. a positive note. Hey, show number one in the books. Yeah. Good for go. us. Um, so Find yeah. us on uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, every everything. Basically, every. We will sell ourselves uh, to, if you want to just create a platform, we'll probably put it on there. Yeah, we'll be your first, uh, your first hosted podcast if you create one um i don't really know how that stuff works yet we're still working on it but you know what and hey this shit's only gonna get better um so keep coming back and uh yeah like i said uh look forward to on friday we'll be doing a lot of previewing the uh college college football scene and uh i'm sure there's gonna be plenty more to talk about nfl is right around the corner nfl maybe some gambling stuff uh we we got some new segments we're working on uh blockbusters and um, yeah, we got some exciting stuff. Lyman of the week is a, you know, th- you know, things like that. It's all, it's all coming. So uh, keep coming back, and uh, we appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk, and we'll, we'll be back soon. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.